Hey, everybody. Welcome to Episode 8 of the Family Business Podcast. Today, I have two amazing people in the studio, Keith, <laughs> Keith and John Timmons with Timmons Family Farms. Thank you for joining us today. I'm John. <laughs> well, I look pretty good for 53, so. Oh, there, there, you, there go. you go. <laughs> um, for 31, you look pretty rough. Jake, you will do some uh, editing for me, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the makeup, guy, touch up. So when we're talking about family businesses, we have Technique Roofing Systems, but we also have Timmins Farms. So let's talk a little bit about you know Timmins Farms origin and you know how it started and then kind of where it's at today and the evolution over the last five years and how you kind of came into the fold we'll start with the origin story which you know you might have to reach a little back in the memory bank to pull that one out Timmins Farms was started obviously by uh two people that got together many many years ago and uh Elaine and John Timmins um they were neighbors beside each other. They grew up together, and they got married. And Dad worked for uh, National Sideman, and then from there he went and uh, he worked with a couple other fellas there. They they owned a company, and, and my, um, also my uncle Les. And from there they started crop and soil, and then I'm not sure exactly all the timelines and everything, but. It, and right around 1974 or so, we moved out to the farm, um, and Dad started farming. Um, it was pretty primitive, the way I remember it, the tractors we had and the, the equipment we had. Um, and then from there, obviously, Dad, Dad tried to grow his uh, brand or his business, and uh, I think most of it was just, you know, a lot of hard work, um, cleaning up farms and, you know, the fields looked a lot different then than they do today there's a lot of small ones today everything's cleared out and it's it's more open but you know um, you know our journey was 1974 I was five six years old and uh, so to me um, farming was just what we did I, I, I thought everyone did it I had no idea and they would do anything differently I thought my the reason I was alive was to pick up rocks so that was my goal pick up rocks just go pick them rocks up pick a lot of rocks up and uh you know and and, and by the way you didn't do that good of a job because it seemed like uh, we had to pick a rock yeah, up seems like I picked, yeah, it seemed like i picked up a, a lot of rocks so it's like did you pick up that many you know back in the day or? well you know <laughs> when you pick up rocks you think to yourself i'm never gonna make my kids do stuff like this <laughs> but then when you get older you're like that's exactly what I'm going to make them do. <laughs> I, I think I think the worst part is when you pick up when we go to pick up rocks and we have to move rock piles that you put, and then we'd have to move those rock piles somewhere else. And it's like, I hope my kids don't have to move that rock pile again. Yeah. Well, you got to remember when back then you had fence rows, so you threw everything in the fence row. But then after a while, we cleaned all the fence rows yeah. out, and then we moved them somewhere else. Well, then where we moved them that time, we said, oh, we're going to farm a little bit more, so we're going to move that rock pile one more time. Yeah, just so now we try to move them where we're never going to be. But yeah, so yeah. I always thought rocks were a byproduct of corn. Like <laughs> what, what, that was like, up? Yeah, just like that's what <laughs> happened after you grew corn. There was rocks. Yeah, I mean that's probably why you don't help us much on the farm anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be there. Yeah. So, so I mean, so farming started back then, and and and, and Dad did a lot, and, and uh, Dad 
farmed, you know, as much, I think as much as he could. He was a full-time farmer um, in the 80s, which, you know, I really remember the 80s. That's when I started getting a little older, and uh, that was some tough times through there. Dad did a lot of auctioneering and we sold farms, and it was just terrible. I, know, I just remember the bad feeling we had seeing these guys sell out. So we did, you know, we did the auctions, and, and then Dad actually jockeyed farm machinery. So, you know, I often tell people that, Everyone thinks there's this, oh, I don't know what you call them, these modern men, you know, they're stay-at-home dads. I'm like, I had a stay-at-home dad my whole life, and it was terrible. <laughs> all we had to do was work all the time, and my dad knew I was at it all moment. I get off the bus, let's go, you know, get off to school. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible like that, but, I mean, I just like, gosh, I wish my dad had a job at Chrysler with Midnight's, you know. <laughs> yeah. But... You know, so I so I was very fortunate. You know, I spent a lot of time with my dad and uh, did a lot of things with him because he was literally the first person I, you know, them guys were stay-at-home dads, basically. You didn't look at them like that because, you know, they stayed home and they worked all the time. And, heck, that's all I thought everyone did. When he was running, you know, he was still running the combine plant, you guys were always helping throughout the whole time, like during Technique Roofing's mm-hmm. era in the past, you know, 15, 10, 5 well, I mean, not five, but ten years. In the eighties, was it was a it was a tough time. Um, so, you know, we we were graduating high school, and uh, you know, the the farm could only support so many people. You know, it would only it only had you know we only had enough to do so much of an income level. I think that's what it was, and it, and I just don't think that you know a lot of guys. I'm fortunate they get that space where they can come in and contribute to it. Um, I do. There wasn't enough there for all of us to come in and try to be part of it, but yet live off of it. So we had to do something different, you know. You know, and, and I don't, I don't know if it's ever really spoke about between my dad and my brother and I, but it was something that you just knew, you know. If I'm going to make it or do something, we got to do something different. And that was always supportive of us. And uh, we went to work for, you know couple outfits and I don't know if you know if this is where it's going but I mean how we really kind of end up off the farm was it was just you know it was a need to make a living you know and uh, Kurt and I you know started working for like I said for a different couple outfits and from there we uh, dad was always like well if you're gonna work for those guys you might as well work on your own and I think he kind of learned that you know in the farming agriculture end of it it was always like you know, you got to count on yourself. You know, you, you know, you, you can't count on this guy over here that's going to make you a living. If you really want to make it, you got to count on yourself. You got to believe in yourself. And and uh, so dad was over a zealous cheerleader sometimes, I think, about, hey, yeah, go ahead and do that, do that, do that. He never really thought, you tell him something, he never really said, oh, that's, a, that's not a very good idea. You know, so he seemed to... Um, push us in a direction that that's kind of how we ended up here a little bit it was you know hey you need a truck i'll help you get a truck hey you need this i'll help you do this you know he never really is going to give us a specialty knowledge of our of what we were doing in our industry but he was always going to give us that encouragement to go out and do it don't be scared to fail thing you know and and when you don't have much to lose (laughs) you know (laughs) what's it really hurt you know and and you know the one thing we really got from them guys was hard work from my from my parents and uh, they were, you know, if you work really hard at it and you keep your nose to it, you know, 
you're going to be successful at it. But it don't happen overnight. You, you know, you don't, you don't, and farming teaches you this, and I think I really use this in my business aspect of it, is, is farming is, you know, people say, well, you know, you got to go out and sow your crop. You know, I'm going to go out and sow my crop, but then i got to wait. i got to wait for God to give me his blessings of rain and sun and weather. You know, i got to do everything right at the front end I can do. i got to be as good as I can be at it. I can't do it wrong. I can't knowingly do something wrong. i got to put it in really well, wait for the season to transpire, wait to fall to come in, and then there's my harvest. See, I never got, you never got to sow your crop and harvest it all in the same week. So, and, and that's how business is, I think. You got to sow your crop. You got to wait for it to come to tuition. And then maybe you can get, if you're lucky enough and God willing, you'll get a good harvest. Sometimes we do get a good harvest, don't we, John? Sometimes yeah. we don't. You know, this year, looks like we might have a good harvest. Very blessed. Got a good harvest and good, good commodity prices. You know, we got a lot of high input cost, but, you know, we're just blessed that we're going to have a, a good yield. And so I think the farming thing for business thing to, to go over it was in, in the agriculture business, you have to be patient. Things don't happen overnight. It takes time for things to transpire. You're working with nature and, and growing things, and you, you need a little bit of luck, and you do it, and you got to be really careful how you put it in. And try not to make, you know, keep your mistakes down to a minimum. And hopefully that down the road, it's going to be abundant harvest for you. And that's what business is. We got to do these little things right. That's like sowing our wheat. We got to wait for them to come back to us. Things don't happen right away. There's no self-gratification instantly. That's what you're looking for. Business is a tough place to find it. And then maybe we get a good harvest or maybe we sell a good job. Or maybe we find a good client because we did all the things right. We sold it, we waited, we serviced it, we sprayed it, we talked to the customer, whatever it may be. It's the same, it's the same thing in farming as it is in business. It's the same practices you use. And, John, so when did you start at Timmins Farms? I mean, just like you. I mean, we started when we were young. But, I mean, when, when I actually started was probably three years ago. Um, I kind of took over as manager and of Timmins Farms and been managing it with obviously Dad and Kurt helping, and that's kind of when it all happened. But before that, I mean, I was always planning and helping harvest and all that stuff. It ain't like I wasn't part of it at all. But that's kind of when that's when a different role came in, and it's it, it's a lot of stuff that you never thought about that when you do it it's like wow this is like a lot more than just show up and jump in a tractor and plant some beans so and that's been it's not a country song you're saying yeah yeah <laughs> the country it song it's like a you know it's exactly like a country song because everybody thinks that's what it is but it's actually the back end of writing the song producing the song making the soundtrack for the song and then that's the stuff no one sees of how hard it actually is not not saying it's hard mm-hmm. but it's it's the back end stuff and making sure you're organized and stuff and that's the stuff no one sees that you know everybody thinks farming's just tractors driving through the field and it's it's a lot more than that so because everybody's playing farm simulator yeah yeah so, farm simulator. so yeah. you would say that um being um it's it's when you're working for somebody else i guess my question is for you when you're working for somebody else 
they're like, hey, you know, we're going to go do this today, and we're going to go do that today. And then when you get done with that, we're going to do this, and you're going to go here. But when, you, when you're trying to manage, like you said, it's like you're the guy that now has to be organized enough to say, we got to go here, 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 and here. And would you say that is was one of the is one of the hardest things still? To, yeah, to get yourself in front of the things you need to do. Yeah, I think I think I think for me the good way to put it would be my old job. I went from being task oriented to now I almost have to be goal oriented. So I can't worry about certain tasks. I need to worry about the overall goal. And that was something that took it, it took a while for my brain to wrap around that like. A lot of times I wouldn't ask for help in the past, you know, when I first started, I would just go do something and Dad and Kurt would be like, well, what are we doing? I'm like, well, I'm doing this. They're like, well, maybe your time could be somewhere else and I could do that. And that took a little bit and it's still being worked out. But that is a lot of it is trying to switch the brain over because it's hard when you were, when you're an employee your whole life and then you got to jump to being a manager. It's, it's a different mindset and it takes some time to to wrap your head around and stuff but well yeah. that too you're not doing you you're, you're you're there it's your livelihood and you yeah. just don't like shut the door and and uh walk through the gate and put your hard hat in the, in the cubby yeah. hole and, and go home at night um that's not this kind of business this is no. with you all, all you think about it all the time you know you lay in bed at night you know i mean well, i'm I not mean, saying people at work don't lay in bed think about the work at night either but i mean it's a it's an impactful thing sometimes yeah i mean we worked other than this yesterday or so we've worked like 14 days harvesting damn near and we're still going um you so, got time for the podcast hey we yeah. hauled corn all day yesterday yeah. well, at least i did <laughs> yeah yeah so and it, it's just yeah and it's it's to eat, it you take this home too with you it don't stop so it's it's at home too it's it's hey i gotta leave at five in the morning and i ain't gonna get home till nine o'clock at night and you leave at five in the morning well, sometimes <laughs> I'm just there are times, but, um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a lot of things people don't see either. So, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, well, when you're managing something, you got to have some vision, right. And mm -hmm. see down the road and coming from my experience when I, you know, gave up doing a big part of my job, um, you want to micromanage, but like, you just got to let someone do their job. So, but reason, I think a reason people want to micromanage and continue to micromanage and are blind to the fact that, you know, they might be micromanaging is because they find their self-esteem in the fact that they know they can do better than somebody else. So they don't let it go. They just, they get a sense of, you know, their self-esteem, sense of feeling good because they know they could do the job better. But just because somebody can do it only 80% as good as you doesn't mean that that's not good. You know, yeah. you could do something else. So if you're going to scale anything in business and farming and, you know, your marriage, if it comes to, like, kids, raising kids, you can't do everything. You have to seek help. Yeah, and that's been interesting for me is to seek help, I guess. Sometimes I would take on more than I could, and Dad and Kurt would be like, why don't you just ask us? So and that's something I've gotten better with, I would say, a little bit better. So, Well, and 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 – and life is messy, you know. So when you and you're working with um, a lot of family members, um, good for you if you if you're out here doing it, you know. And if you're out here every day working with family members, and it's a really tough thing to do, um, there's all these inner things playing on. So 
it's, it's a lot easier just to, you know, bring people in and they work for you. But when you're working with family members, that is a, uh, you know, that's a juggling act, you know, it's, it's, you know, don't stuff, you know, don't want to hurt someone's feelings, but yet you want to be, you want them to know your expectations. And I think we really struggle with that sometimes in our operation or, you know, being a father and then working with your son, you know, it's like, you know, I expect that to be better than that. I, uh, you know, I, that's kind of how I sometimes look at it with him. I like, I expect you to do better than that. Instead of like, if you were an employee, I'm like, well, you know, I guess that's all they're going to really give me. <laughs> so, you know, it's a lot different yeah. <laughs> when it's a family member and your expectations are a little bit higher than if you're just, and not to say the person's employee is a lesser person. That's not what I'm saying. It's, it's my problem, you know, how I look at it, you know. Hey, I guess that's all they're going to give me, you know. But if it's someone in your family is like, hey, here we are doing these things, building this thing for all our sakes, I would expect you, you know, to be right there with me on the struggle, you know. And, and sometimes if you your, – your perception may be that maybe that, that ain't the case, but I'm sure it, it, the reality is that it is. And it's just, you know, you just – you're trying to do what you're trying to do and get done what you're trying to get done. and. And I think, you know, a person like myself has to realize that, you know, it ain't always going to happen the way I want it done. It ain't going to always happen the way I think it should be done. And it never should because if you if you don't have that, if you can't disconnect from it and let it go, the other person is never going to be able to do it on their own because they're always going to fall back to you. I often say I tried to sell a roof to a guy one time not too long ago, and he was 91 years old. And his son was uh, 68 and then his son worked for him, and it really hit home for me. His dad's 91 years old, pretty pretty cognate, you know, and uh, <laughs> he has his stuff together, and he owns a building, and he's like, I want to do this, Keith, I want to do that, I want this roof to last a long time. Man, you're 91 years old, dude. And so 30, I go in there. 30-year warranty. Yeah, you know, I go in there, and I see <laughs> his son in there working, and he's back in the back working. I go, oh, there he is. I'm going to go talk to him. He's 68 years old, mind you. I said, hey, you know, I'm helping your dad out. We're looking at the roof. What do you think about it? He goes, I don't know, man. I work for dad. He makes all the decisions. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're 68 years old and, you, and not nothing bad about him or anything, but I was like, I don't want my, well, I don't think I'll make it in 91, but I don't want to be in that position. And if someone says, you know, hey, dad's still making all the decisions. How's that a healthy situation? I can't believe it is. I think – if you want to grow because for sake of there's more family members, you know, so like, and there's more people involved and you don't want to just shrink. Cause like, look at, think of the, when you guys started Timmons farms, you guys had to seek other places of income because you can't all survive off of what it was. So if you're going to build it to a point where like you can employ someone full time, that's family on a farm. Well, you're going to have to grow. Not just for sake of growing, but for sake of supporting what you're trying to the foundation, and then from there, you can you know improve and get better, and then grow or stay whatever size you want. But if if you can't sustain, then you can't do it. You can't move forward. And I I think out in our in, out in our communities here, that's exactly what's happening. You know, a lot of people are growing to bring that ex member in, next member in, and uh, and be able to you know move the needle for you know more people to live off that you know operation so mm -hmm. 
And I'm, farming specifically, you're saying? Yeah, farming yeah. specific, definitely farming specific. I, mean, yeah. I, I don't know the industry is, you know, like, you know, super, super well, but I mean, I've been in it my whole life. So I would say, you know, that's definitely the case of, you know, trying to build it out to, uh, you know, do different, you know, be more diversified, you know, whether they're raising agriculture, uh, not agriculture, but raising um, animals and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. production stuff like that, you know, pig barns, turkey barns, chicken barns. You know, you got all sorts of things going on, you know, people trying to diversify in the fruits and vegetables and, and uh, you know, diversify off the farm of, you know, pr produce and stuff like that. And, you know, and, and to their to their credit, I mean, that's really hard, hard work. And that's someone that's really committed to what they're doing, you know, growing these specialty items and trying to, you know, have a larger income to have more bodies in that organization, you know, and, and really putting themselves out there. Like, what are you looking to do over the next five five years or so? Three well, to five years. I mean, ever since three years ago, since I've been in a role of manager, um, we've grown every year, whether it be purchasing ground or getting some ground to rent. Um, so that's hopefully continue that growth. Um, I mean, we've grown, what, probably 30 40% since I started doing it. And we've added probably 200 acres, dang near. So if we continue down that path, you know, that 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 definitely be a a way to continue. Um, be able to put, try to manage our inputs a little bit better because that's a big thing for farming, and, and make sure we're buying at the right time and keeping an eye on that. Um, that's been a big thing. This past year, inputs were pretty expensive, so and make sure keep an eye on the market so we know when we're buying it and if it's a good time to buy which a lot of times you're, you're relying on other people to tell you that you're your guys that are selling it but hopefully buying it when it's reasonable and if you can hit the middle then that's that's the point you try to get to try to get the lowest but sometimes it don't work out that way um i think like dad said like a lot of farms they go out and try to do different things i i don't know if that's something we're going to try to do um maybe going out you know we can kind of go like a direct to consumer or some sort of specialty vegetable crop or something that's we have the ground for it and it's a possibility but um it, there's some infrastructure that we'll have to have around to do some certain things if that's what we're going to do so um with that you know with the infrastructure and stuff getting some getting some stuff set up some bins or something that way we would be able to store some more crops longer you know historically if you store corn the price will get better so i would so if we can store it that makes it a little better for us we can sell it at a higher price um and and with the bin set up trying to make sure it's set up that way it works for us and works good for us and uh makes it easy for us so that's i'd say that'd be a five-year i don't know if you have anything you would like to add um you know the one thing moving forward i think it's what um you know kurt and i are i don't really want to speak for him he was yeah he's supposed to be here he was supposed to be here but he's <laughs> he's under the weather would be um you know what I see. I think Kurt might agree with me. Is that we see John taking a um, you know the decision making role, and, he, and it really is happening right now. But you know 
making the day-to-day decisions, you know, in five years, and it's already happening now, but in five years, it's like it's going to be a long, drawn-out plan. He's like, yeah, we're doing this this year, this probably next year, and this year after. You know, we're going to, you know, we get done. We know we're going to, you know, do all the fields, trim them, push the trees back. We're going to go over here and remove this and have a plan where, where I don't want to make that decision. I kind of want to be instructed to say, hey, this is what we're going to do. Um, what do you think? And uh, when can you be there to help? <laughs> yeah, that's the key because it takes a lot of labor to do a lot of things that we're doing, you know. And it's the little things that eat your time up, you know. It's running and getting the parts, just trying to keep the shop around, trying to make sure your equipment's fixed. Um, you know, it's, it's diversifying maybe a way and do things a little bit different. Maybe you partner up with people and do certain things that make sense for you. I mean, maybe you don't know if they make sense right away. Maybe you have to go down that road and see if they make sense. Maybe it works better for your situation than somebody else's situation, partnering up and doing things like that. So you have to have the courage. I mean, some people think the foolishness to try it. I don't know which one you want to call it, but I think one thing about being, you know, being and doing the business through technique roofing and stuff like that, we did a lot. Of, we did. Um, we we didn't really take a lot of risk, but we we did things that maybe weren't always comfortable. So, you know, we started another company down in St. Henry. It wasn't always comfortable, but we were lucky enough to find the right people to do it with. And they were really good people. And I think, like, doing that and partnering up with somebody, if you can find the right people, and they're good quality people, and they're the kind of people you want to, you know, get on your bus. And they're the people you want in your corner. You know, you, you never can have enough quality people in your corner or on your bus to get you where you want to go or to help you get where you want to go. And maybe you can help them in the same process. Maybe you both work really good together. And so I think that's what, you know, being in farming, being in business, trying to do roofing, whatever it may be, you know, you sometimes got to look beyond to what you're doing right here and saying, can I do better? Could I could I look at this and see how it could work out for me? Could I take the risk or put myself out there to see if it works? And, uh, I, mean, the, I mean, a lot of people do that. A lot of people in business are successful doing that, um, you know, doing things that they're not always comfortable with, but yet it teaches them a lot of lessons that they would have never learned just by staying comfortable. Bless you. Just by staying comfortable. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but, you know, I look at it that way a little bit. I think it makes sense. Um, so a lot of people, they don't know anything about farming. Well, hopefully them are all the people listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you guys are the experts of farming We're to these really, people. I'm not really experts. So, what, <laughs> what what is, what is uh like? Give me a couple things you like about farming. Well, the things I personally like, I mean, is just you know, it's just that the the ability to see something from nothing, watch it grow, and then harvest it. And you and you start with this one bag, and you end up with this humongous, you know, something. Hopefully, it's humongous, but it's a large harvest. You're actually literally producing something. You know, you're putting something in the ground, and you're growing it, and you're producing something that, hopefully, that someone at the end is going to get some good use out of it, and hopefully, you're going to make a little bit of money doing it. Mm -hmm. And so, 
you know, do I do it for the greater cause of feeding humanity? Eh, I don't know about that. I think it's, it's for lightheartedness, it's really neat to see that happen. Mm-hmm. And and then not only that, it's just, a, it's just, you know, trying to take a piece of ground that might need a bunch of different things on it. Maybe it needs a rock picked out, the trees pushed back, you know, to get that ground into production and maybe need tile in the ground, you know, to have the, you know, forward thing like, hey, we got to, we got to bury money. You know, that's what tile is. We're burying money, you know. So you go out and you bury money every 25 foot or 20 foot. And, and you know, you tie it all together and you have this faith and believe that, you know, this is going to help me produce more bushels for that one, you know, for them, per them acres. And you, you go out and you do all that. And then, you know, you then you start seeing it year two, year three, year four. Wow, that really made a difference, you know. You know, and, and it's, you know, it's not an instant return and you don't, you know, you don't, you don't really see it, you know, maybe you get 35, 40 bushel one year mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, you know, on a piece of ground we did some tile on, you know, one year, if we have a super wet year, we wouldn't be able to get in there and we get 45, 50 bushel after we planted late and tiled it. Huge difference. That's really cool. You know, that's really neat stuff. I mean, you're really seeing a difference there, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you see your toils and all your work. Are, look like they could pay off and it's fixing this piece of dirt that you know never really was really right you know whether the person that had it before you couldn't have the means or the affordability to do it or whatever it may be but you you went out there you had a plan you executed that plan and you kind of see the results from it and it's it's really so that's really cool you know and not only that that's that's what i've done since i was five six years old <laughs> so it's pretty you know it's pretty cool to say something that you did when you're five or six old years old you do when you're when you're this old and uh you know if i didn't do it would i miss it i don't know i've never not did it so i couldn't tell you if i would miss it so what about you i think some of the best parts for me is um you know uh working with your family is a up and downhill battle but a lot more ups than downs i feel like especially with ours and um i'm able to be around a lot for my family um you know my son can go with us and do stuff and and like dad said um be able to take a a farm that and be able to pretty much transform it into something that can be productive we've done that uh this past year and it was it's it's a good feeling it's a really good feeling And, and people talk about it you know what you did and it's it's good that what you did is being recognized and you mean like the local coffee shop people? Yeah, yeah, local coffee. Yeah, I think yeah, the coffee shop. <laughs> they might think you were a little crazy. They thought I was crazy, but I we think did it. You might be. You might be. They might be right. Yeah, we did it, and like people are like, "Damn, like that was that's impressive." Like, and it took a lot of work to get to where it was, but um, but yeah, it, I, I'd say that you know, like being able to do it with your family, it, it is a great thing. Um, not saying roofing, you couldn't take your family with you roofing, but but you know they can be there. You know um, they can bring you dinner. They can, that kids can hang out with you. They can ride with you. You know um, it's hard, harder to take a three year old up on a roof. Yeah, yeah. And like I used to work. I think it's an ocean fine. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I, I feel like I was on a roof when I was probably like eight or nine. So after a soccer game one time. Soccer. But yeah. you were in the you were in the roof when we lost Ben one time. Remember? We, yeah, we were yeah. roofing. We lost Ben. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So I, that that's in like. 
I, I used to work weekends, midnight shift, and definitely can't take my kids in there. So to be able, I missed a lot of time doing that. So be able to do it now is just, it's just. We had, we had John's birthday party there, day in the field. Uh, yeah, I'd say that's some of the best stuff. I mean, and I take a lot of pride in it. Um, take a lot of pride in being local, and I'm around a lot, and people. We people are township know, trustee, too. Yeah, 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 that too. Must take a lot of pride locally yeah. to be a township trustee. Yep, so it, it's just nice to be around and be local and people be able to get, at, get a hold of you if they want something. And... Yeah, I mean, and people knew my, my I shared a name with my grandpa, and that was a big thing for me growing up was being able to do that. So that's that's another uh, pride thing for me too on that. So yeah. So would you recommend if somebody's sitting home watching on the YouTube on Spotify because now they have video on Spotify, oh, yeah. and they're watching and they're like, man, I think this sounds great. Uh, you know, I'd like to get my hands dirty. I got a green thumb. I have a little garden in my backyard. I think I could. I think I could be a farmer. What would be your advice to someone, you know, in that mindset right now that's inspired by this podcast to become a farmer? <laughs> so you think we actually inspired somebody? Yes, I would say. Yeah, I would not, say. I'm motivated. I'm on the edge you, of my seat. Would you? What should I do? You should call me, <laughs> get a hold of me. <laughs> Because I want your autograph if I inspired you. <laughs> you want their I want, autograph? I want their autograph that I inspired them. Yeah. Right. Hey, how many people I you know? I thought you were going to say, I'm, I'm selling a farming course. No. $1.99. How many times if someone told you, you they inspired you, if you inspired someone, you, I think you should write it down. At least the first dozen or so, you should write them down because them are people you might want to you know, thank later or hide from, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. depending on how you finish out. So well, yeah, I, I don't it's, know. It's a different game getting into it now. With yeah, all the big time I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know like if I'm not. And... If I'm not where at the position I was at when I was younger, if I'd be in the position I am now. So, you know, my environment um, led me to this. Um, you know, but if if like anything though, I mean, if you're willing and that's what you want, you know, I, I didn't. When I was little, I didn't say, "Oh, I want to," you know, "I want to make sure." I, you know, when I was six, seven years old, I remember thinking I want to farm my whole life. You know, I never really, that's, I thought everyone did it. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't, I mean, I thought the firemen went home and farmed. I thought the guy, the policeman did the same thing. I thought when they said showers on the radio in the morning, that was for the farmers. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to actually, that was a forecast or something. <laughs> I just remember thinking that. So, yeah, I mean, if you, if you want to do it, my gosh, you live in the greatest place in the world, and if there's one place that you can do it, it's got to be, you know, it's got to be here. You know, you got to somehow be able to figure out if that's your dream. You should be able to scale it somehow, whether it be small, medium, or large. You know, you should be able to scale your dream somehow, you know. And obviously, with any want to, things are not easy. I know starting when I started with nothing in a – in a garage, I mean, how how cruche is that statement? In yeah, a garage, it's like Steve Jobs over here. Yeah, not yeah. Steve Jobs, just <laughs> little old me. You know, I wish I could have. It is a computer. Then you know, and I think you use the uh, dairy barn reference. It's better than a garage. Yeah, the dairy barn. Well, yeah. we oh, started in a garage. We started in a garage, and then we moved to the, the dairy, dairy barn. barn. Okay, yeah. so yeah. yeah, and that was actually Dad's dairy barn. So, yeah, still a dairy barn. <laughs> so but yeah, you know, good good luck, and I wish the best for you, and and we'll pray for you, and and, and hope you make it, but. I think you will. I mean, 
you know, there's a lot. I made it. I don't know why you couldn't. And, you know, it just comes down to, it comes down to hard work. It really does. You know, hard work and being committed and, and making some really good decisions and sticking to it, man. Man, that's the hardest thing to do, man. Not find the shiny object. Stick to it. If you, if you believe in what you're doing, you got to stick to it. You got to keep at it. You might have to keep at it for many, many years. I mean, what we're doing right now, you know, our father did it for, you know, decades on end. And he did it up to the time that he couldn't do it no more. And he still was doing it, you know. That's all he, that's what he did. And so no matter if that's your dream, you got to have that same, you know, thought process. This is what I'm going to do. This is you know, what I am, who I am. And I'm going to, I'm going to succeed no matter what. So, so a couple of things. First off, great grandpa Widmer, did he, did he farm yeah. with, with like, how did, so is this a fourth generation, so third be, generation? Fourth generation. Well, so, uh, Wendell Widmer, he was the original WWW. Yeah. Yeah. So that was his initials. Um, he worked at, um, Pfizer. Well, it was like Dolite and then it was like Pfizer and it was several names and I'm embarrassed. I don't know all the names of them, what he, what he worked out there, but I mean, he was the quintessential, like, wow, you know, work swing shift, come home, raise cattle, feral pigs, had one row or two row corn picker. I mean, I think in later years it was two row corn picker, you know, farm, he farmed some of the most beautiful dirt there is. And uh, lucky for us, he uh, somehow found its way to us. What a blessing, I always say, every time I'm over there. And, uh, but, you know, he, he farmed that piece for, you know, most of his life until he retired and then Dad started farming it. You know, he pumped oil wells and, and you know, he just, he, he went to work every day. He worked on that farm and he just, you know, just showed us by example how you do something and work at it really hard and you know you're going to be you're going to be somewhat you're going to have the success is not measured by your way up here or your way down there you know i you know everyone's success is a little different you know his he in my mind he was highly successful by not living living a just life a christian life if ever a man ever did and he had a lot of you know he had some bad hands dealt to him you know, he had some bad hands dealt to him, you know, in certain areas with, you know, in his personal life, you know, he lost a couple wives, but he never lost his faith. That's what he taught me. You know, he never, he never blamed or, or, or never talked negative about a person, kept a diary every day of his life. I mean, I look at what that man did and, and I, I feel that I, I could hardly measure up to him, you know, because I just think he lives such a just life and, and, uh, you know, so. Yeah, Grandpa farmed, Grandpa worked, but what Grandpa left us, the greatest gift of all, he left us how you live, a just life, in my mind. You can't wrap that up. You can't give someone a bond and make up for that. You can't give someone $100,000. You got to live a whole life that way, and that's what he did. I highly respect him for that. I think the world of him. Lucky he was my Grandpa. So, anyways. So, yeah, so he was, the, he, he that was the first part of it though like he was the first one to start farming yeah he farmed yeah. that'd be my mom's dad and then my dad's dad farmed also yeah well yeah i knew that so there were two family farms right there and they only lived a couple they're right you know, next to each other right next to each other about a thousand feet 
And the old joke was mom and dad meet in the cornfield in the middle. <laughs> I, I think it was a joke, but I have no idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and also, another thing. It's so I don't even Jake, you might have to look this up, but it's is stick to itiveness. Is that actually a word? So did I use that word? You use it a lot. Okay, well I mean it makes sense. So let me I ask like, you this. What, I mean I'm thirty one years it. old and he said a lot of words in our life that I don't know a real well, word. Well no, but this okay. is an actual made up or but okay. it's got a definition though. Yeah. Okay. Think of it like this. Five For years the viewers at home, yeah. I, I, five I, years I, ago, <laughs> if someone said, I'm gonna have a podcast, if I'd have said that word how many years ago? Someone would have been like, what is that? Did they do podcasts? Was this is... oh, so you're, you're cool before it's cool, huh? Oh, no. I'm not saying, no, I'm saying <laughs> stick-to-itiveness, whether you believe it's a word or not. I think it's a word. But if you do and stick to it, and you're sticking to it, I mean, look at basketball players. They stick to what they're doing. And the guy, well, yeah, I mean, not everyone's successful. You know, it takes a little bit. But, you know, but if you ask them, they'll tell you. I stuck to this, man. This is what my plan was. This is what I was going to do. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of guys that tried to do the same thing. They didn't, didn't make it. Mm -hmm. But I bet you with that work ethic and that stick to they used to try to make it to the top of the ranks, they were highly successful at whatever they did after that because they probably went after that the same way they tried to go after their other dreams. Jake, did you look that up? It's a word. It's a oh, word. It is? Man, that's disappointing. Yeah. It's, a, it's a word. I thought he was going to get it in Webster. So. It's in the Merriam-Webster dictionary. So, really? stick to it. Yeah, yeah. In your college education, you what did they teach low. you there? It'll get high from the podcast and start trending. Yeah, stick 70 people will use it twice. <laughs> I mean, I'm using it quite a bit. The other thing I was going to say was, I think, uh, <clears throat> well, in a macro thing, like blue-collar businesses and you know, farming falls under that. I think the next five to 10 years, like, you know, things are cycles. Things are sure. cool, then they're not, yeah. right? I think this is the, like, the blue collar businesses and farming will, like, be in the, at the top echelon of, the, of that are going to become cool. So, like, this is, like, the big, you know, the prelude of the cool part of the next five years of blue collar businesses. I'm just saying, I'm just putting this on video. Collar tonight? <laughs> it's the color of the Technique roofing. Well, I mean, I guess that is, I've never even seen that before. That must be this, new. This is something that I, get, I broke out for special occasions. Yeah, that must be new. I've never seen that that one. But I'm, I'm just saying like, I, I can see when I'm you know around people that know nothing about farming, like places, they're just so mesmerized, like, oh, what do you guys farm? And, you know, I'm, like, distant from the farming thing. I grew he, up in All you got to do is show up. I understand. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, he could show up. I don't know if we put him in a tractor. Okay, no, well, I wouldn't want to be one of You know how rocks. much? I'm, <laughs> like, that's why I don't come, because I'm devastated to be, like, screw everything up in the tractor. They just, well, we didn't have a good harvest because Ben screwed it all up. <laughs> it's that big strip through the middle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he never even put the seeds in the ground. <laughs> what an idiot. He gives himself a lot of credit giving that job. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, obviously, I wouldn't, get that, I wouldn't want that job. But I'm just saying, uh, people are, they just can't believe it. They're like, well, what do you farm? Like, cash crops? And they don't even know what cash crops are, but they know it's like, you know, they learned it in like seventh grade. Yeah. So they say cash crops and, and they just, it's, I think it's like a culture thing in our in America that's used to be well uh, everybody that did it like back when you did it more people did it than they do now I would say 
population wise. It's it's shrunk. The industry has every year. Oh, it does. Of course, it does. And and I just think it's definitely it's already happening a little bit with like some person personalities and social media. But I really think like you know you got flipping houses was cool. Yep. I think farming is up next in the next ten years. So you know, yeah, we really never. What we do, we never really worry about what's cool. You're too busy working and, and doing what you're doing. So, you know, I feel I've been, I, yeah. I feel I've been cool the whole time. It's just you guys are finally coming around my way. You know what I mean? Well, that's what I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm just saying. I agree. You got to let the world. The world's got to come to you. You know, otherwise it's not authentic. I think what's really going to happen in our industry is, you know, I you ask someone, you know, where's your food come from, and it's like, they don't really mean it, but they'll say, well, it comes from the grocery store. And I and I think with what we got going on today and, and and things like this and YouTube, you can really see where your food comes from. You know, it's really cool. You know, there's great documentaries out there how where food comes from, and and I, I watch a lot of them because I think it's really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, and the different practices, even in in our country, what we do up here in Ohio is a lot different what they do down in Missouri or mm-hmm. Louisiana or Mississippi with cotton and all these specialty crops that they have. It's amazing. Yeah. It is truly, utterly amazing what we do when it comes to production of everyday items that you're using and you don't even realize it. You should go out there and look them up and find them because it's pretty neat stuff. I, I just think it's amazing. I mean, the way I see it is, sorry to cut you off, but like direct to consumer, everything goes to the consumer eventually. This industry, you know, you go to the, the elevator. That's where everything goes and that's kind of it. And then they, it gets distributed out from there to the who needs it for the products. But when you're talking about like actual things people are consuming, I really think eventually you're going to be able to pre-buy a row of carrots at this garden and then have it for when it's harvested and go pick it up the next year. Like it's going to happen instead of going to the grocery store even because you don't know where that came from. It's at the grocery store. I have no idea. It probably came from across the way in Canada or it came from Mexico. I don't know. China. China could have came from China. Could, at least maybe it was owned by some Chinese people that own a business in America. But like, you're, I really think you're going to be able to, it's going to get to a level of interaction between farmers and d- direct consumers where they're buying space that you're planning to consume directly. I mean, obviously it'll start with like upper end things and eventually move down. I mean, you're, so people get access you're definitely having that in your local markets right now. I mean, yeah, that's probably. really, really popular. They probably buy spots and stuff, which that would be great for the farmer because then you can get some up from Yeah, buying house. spots, like making, be, like that's, that's shaking and moving kind yeah. of deals. Like, hey, man, let me get, I'm saying like it's going to get commoditized. Yeah. The internet's going to make it a level so the consumer can take advantage of it a little better. I think maybe for your specialty stuff, but like corn and beans oh, yeah. and soybeans, specialty that stuff. probably never happen. Yeah, who's, yeah, I mean. Karen's not going to buy soybeans. Yeah, <laughs> but like dad said, um kind of like our area and like our area where we live our actual county for the state of ohio we have one of the best counties when it comes to different types of agriculture we grow the bet we grow the most cabbage we grow the most i believe pumpkins there's four or five specialty Pied peppers peppers four yeah. or five specialty crops grown in this area that the state of ohio doesn't even grow that many mm-hmm. and how you said people want to get more involved and you're seeing that with like um What's that camper thing where they want to stay on the farms? Boondocking. Yeah. So, like, people want to stay on farms, like, just for the night, their camper and stuff. Like, oh, that's, yeah. that's a huge thing. They just want to get pictures on farms. Yeah, they just want to walk around. 
They just want to walk through the rows of corn. It's crazy. And it's they just want to stay on. They just, uh, yeah, it's, it's called. There's a couple. There's a couple of dumb yeah, dude doctors. Like, one of them, but they just want to stay. They don't want no hookups. They, they just, just want to stay. They just hang want to see out. it and be there and be hang like, out. you know, we stayed at a you know? farm in Ohio. Like, oh, yeah. who the heck wants to do that? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I and, and I didn't mean commoditize the industry. I meant decommoditization of it. So, like, right now it's commoditized. Yeah. 100%. But, like, when you have a brand, that's the only thing that can separate you. So, if you build out a brand of carrots and you have a story, you know, our family, we're raising carrots, and then you show what, what you do, how you plant them, you know, then the, there's a little bit of brand recognition. And I want to buy these carrots, you know, and, yeah, and that's out. where it's going to come from. Yeah, you're getting that a lot in the, in the, in the production of, uh, you know, animal, I was going to say, you know, it's beef, beef, grass fed and, you know, you know, yeah. whatever, you know, yeah. it's there. You have to go seek it out. It is mm-hmm. all there for you to do it. It's really, it's really easy for you to be provided with these services that you're talking about. It's happening right now. And it's just more people has to more, it has to be more important to people where their food comes from, what's in their food, bef- you know, and well, and, the, and the marketplace is already set up for it, and 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 it's able to service these people that got specialty needs and, and want specialty things, and they just got to go out and find it. It's there. It's already happening. Yeah. It's and happening on, on a real time basis. And that's where the, it's really cool. That's where the margins lie for the farmer. That's where the big money's at. Yeah, like You're not going to make the money selling in bulk. Yeah, like the organic stuff and all that. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, it takes more work. Yeah, but, I mean. You know, but. It just goes back to the whole but thing. It does take more work because you got to sell individual packages. That goes back to the whole the whole process of what you, you know, that's what you're going to do. That's what you believe in. You stick to it. Stick to itiveness. You make it work. And eventually people seek you out because you have this product that they're looking for, mm-hmm. you know. But it yeah. ain't gonna happen overnight, man. You got to work at it. Yeah. Well, you got to build a brand too. What is it? What are you about? People like to see that. They want to buy it from people that they they can relate to. I mean, you got dairies doing it. You got a lot of guys doing it. So it's yeah, very a lot common. Of dairies. Too. That's another mm-hmm. one. They're mm-hmm. making their own creameries and milk mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a lot. It's a lot of small. Like there's. I know there's a small goat farm, and they have live, live. Look at the goats anytime you want, man. <laughs> They're there. What are they doing? Oh, let's look at the camera. That's the goat I'm buying that milk from that goat. I can watch it anytime I want. I would not watch yeah, the goat. Goats are a big thing, but so are alpacas at one time. So maybe goats will always be around. I'll see. Well, I'm just saying, like, right. that people will like this stuff. And, and the and the and the the couple that did it, they never thought it would be that big. Goats is a big deal. They never thought it would blow goats up. Are massive right now. It's a massive deal right now. Yeah. It's a 24 seven live stream of the animal. <laughs> you know, like who thought that would be? I mean, people would be worried about like some creep uh, looking at them. For all the, uh, <laughs> Dairy goats, not the uh, market goats. No, not, not the market goats. Yeah, they're not, they're not following them from start to finish with market goats. All right. Well, thank you guys. Episode eight of the Family Business Podcast. If you want to be a farmer, as you heard it here, oh Keith God. Timmons is the most expert farmer. You are such a liar. And he can teach you. I don't can't teach you nothing. But, you know, it's going to. He probably will do it for free. That way you can't rebuttal I, I what he do does. It for free. That way you can sue me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll say, if there are people interested locally and they get a hold of you, yeah, they come out for sure and we can show them stuff. I mean, that'd be that'd be awesome for we them. We got some rocks for them to pick up. Yeah, they can really get Oh, so if, if you want to get an experience, when would you need them? Next year? Just whenever. They want me to start signing people up? Yeah, you, you let me know. Oh, thank you, everybody, for watching Episode 8 of the Family Family Business Podcast. It's been a great time with 
Keith and John Timmons, my dad and brother. Thank you for coming on short, such short notice to share your knowledge with the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, such knowledge.